Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Whether you seek adventure, search for answers, break down barriers, or see the world for what it can be, you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind on this Tuesday afternoon. I'm your host, Declan Convo, and I am joined by Lawrence Conley. We're a man down, but we're going to go for it. Lawrence, how are you doing? Doing well, mate. Uh, you know, it's no uh, Celtic football to speak of, but obviously Bertie passing on, the Tommy Burns play, and Tony Ralston's sensational Scotland debut. It is no coincidence, mate. They eventually pick him and they get their best performance in years. I think it's just yeah, Tony yeah. Ralston's world and we're all living in it, mate. You know, yeah, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there's probably no other place to, to start today. Um, on Sunday, we, we learned this, the sad news that, that Bertie Alden had passed away. Um, Lawrence, I'm going to come to you first. Um, Bertie Alden, uh, described by 
Bernard Ponson there, if nobody's had a chance to, to check that out, yet in his obituary, he said, uh, if Billy McNeil is never to be forgotten, icon of Lisbon 1967, Jimmy Johnson, the irrepressible entertainer, Bobby Murdoch, the beating heart of this country's greatest ever club side, and Bertie Alders, the enduring spirit. Lawrence, he was the enduring spirit. Um, Bertie, sum up in, in your own words. I don't know if you can... I don't know if there's enough words. There's just so much to say about the guy. He was everybody's favourite Celtic daft uncle that you know you're aware of from your wee guy, whether it was when he was managing Thistle or maybe you popped into Bairds and you saw him there. But yeah, Betty, obviously you you named the club after him, mate. Um, yeah, so a couple of years ago, um, obviously being a Mary Hill boy, there was no other person that we, we could name of our CSC after than the one and only. Um, Bertie Old, uh, I remember giving him the phone call to ask him to give his permission to do it, and he was over the moon chuffed. He said, "He said, I go for it, son." He was absolutely chuffed that we were doing that, so we did go for it. And um, in those, you know, three and a bit years, he's been a great support to all of us. He's always um, told us if we need anything, just to let us know. He was always there at the other end of the phone for me if ever I needed anything, if ever I wanted advice, I'd talk to him. And he was just a really good friend, and I think it's. For some of us that you know get lucky to call some of these guys our friends, the husband lines go from these kind of mythical creatures that you you grow up hearing about, the tales about, you know all about. I mean, to become your friend, it's you know it's one of the um, it's one of the greatest privileges that you can get. And you know we're down to a squad of six guys left now, um, four that played that day in Lisbon, and it's just to think about appreciating them while they're still here and giving them the love. And, that they deserve because you know they are Celtic's greatest ever squad, Celtic's greatest ever team, and without them, um, something that Ange Postecoglou spoke about yesterday, um, you know, they, they built the platform for the modern day Celtic, and without them, you know, Celtic would not be the the club that we are today. Do you agree with that, Lawrence? I, I think you know as, as well as the amount of you see former players kind of definitely, but you, you you see kind of former players like Vega. And Musa coming in, the effect that these guys had on them, you know, a, a sad, sad day that you know another lion's gone, and as you say, but we're down to six, six left. And I think one thing they've all got in common: they can never do enough for the fans. You know, they, they never lost that connection. Yeah, and I think Bertie's uh, signing at Celtic in nineteen sixty-five is kind of it's very important in the whole tale of it all because obviously 67 is the place that we um, we, we got to all go to that, that sunny afternoon in Lisbon but without that Dunfermline Cup final which Bertie scores a, a brace in and obviously Big Billy's goals remembered as a towering header at the very end of the game. Without Bertie's double in the game you know we probably wouldn't have went on to beat Dunfermline in that Cup final and where would we have been had been out won that Scottish Cup. Yeah, I mean, first trophy, what was it, nine years or something? Uh, and the previous, you know, the 7-1 team, he, he was in every uh, tie up until the final, because before he left, you know, go to Birmingham. So it was famous two results, that 7-1 and Lisbon. But yeah, 65, you know, going behind twice, but... Pill was level to recently passed away. Uh, for ability to put in the, the back of the net and, and, and win the cup for us. Well, that's it. And he was, uh, you know, if you watch that 
67 Cup final back, he probably was man of the match. He just completely dominated the midfield. And, uh, you know, absolutely incredible performance, not just by Bert and the other guys, but in that midfield with Bobby Murdoch, they were two very special players. And um, when I spoke to Paddy Crearnd uh, a wee while ago, I asked Paddy, I said, do you think you would have got in that team? He says, probably not, son, because, you know, Bobby Murdoch and Bertie Older in there, and they were very special players, so I don't know if I would have even got in the team, which, you know, says everything about the two special players that we had in there that, you know, the year after Paddy Ender, Savat Busby went on to win the European Cup as well. But um, that Dunfermline team that we beat was obviously built by Jock Steen, um, and we beat them in that cup final and we went on to, to play the next season got to a semi-final against Liverpool uh, in a European tournament robbed down there I think any Celtic fan that you've heard stories from if they were at Anfield uh, that night the, the bottles that came in the pitch Bobby Lennox offside goal yeah um, and again I think those kind of fixtures are very important in understanding you know, Celtic had went a run in Europe the season previous 65-66 before we went in that run to the final in Lisbon, 66-67. And uh, I think, you know, for a lot of the players, I probably would say that they gained a lot of experience from that, that run, Lawrence, and it was important in terms of the, the building under Jockstein towards 66-67 season. Yeah, definitely. And I think Jock, you know, during that time, he was arranging European friendlies as well to give them that exposure. He, he obviously understood master of the game and he understood that they needed that and to, to come up against different styles but you know five trophies in one season you know and he, he was a, a major part of that wasn't he yeah he was and I think you know when he arrived we, we played the Airdrie I think it was an Airdrie side that had beat us just a few weeks previous Bertie came in I think they gubbed him six another six one Bertie scored five of the goals so uh, it says everything about Bertie Old but I think as you're saying there Lawrence as well you know if you go right back to the late fifties, um, you know, he always referred to to Jimmy McGrory as the boss. He, he was his original gaffer. Said he was a you know lovely, lovely man. Um, something a lot of former Celts say was probably Jimmy McGrory's downfall that he was just too nice a person. Maybe not in the football manager mould. You know, a phenomenal player, but just a really kind gentleman that you know stood with a big coat on and let them run round the, the track at Celtic Park with no ball and training. But uh, I think you know. Bertie would also probably told me many a time, you know, going into that dressing room with guys like Neely Malkin and Charlie Tully was a real grounding for him and, you know, excitement to go in there with such big names and kind of learn his football trade in there before he went down to Birmingham in 61. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, McGrory obviously didn't pick a team and Steen changed that, but he could definitely spot a player. I mean, out, out, out of the Lions, it was only Willie Wallace he didn't sign, you know, mm. so he definitely knew a player and but saying that, you know, he gave Steen his chance at Celtic in management before he moved away, the, the same way Fallon. So, McGrory definitely knew his football. And he wasn't a bad goal scorer. No, he wasn't a bad scorer. I think he scored a few goals in Green and White Hoops, Jimmy McGrory. Um, thanks to everybody that's getting involved in the comments. Sorry for that wee technical glitch at the start um, of the show. Aran CSC, you're very welcome to the show. We've got folk from Belfast as well. We have Cork in the comments. Please, if you're, you know, want to share any Bertie old stories in the comments, please let us know some and we'll read some of them out because I think it's, you know, as we've all been probably shed a tear the past couple of days, it's very hard to think of Bertie old without smiling. Um, because, if, you know, 
anybody that's walked through that front door at Celtic Park or, or walked down uh, Kerry Dale Street just knows how big and infectious character Bertie Old was and how much the Celtic fans loved him and how much he loved the Celtic fans, Lawrence. Definitely. You, you, know, you know, whether it's supporters' functions, they turned up a lot of, you know, Baird's Bar for a while. He, he, he just he had a story for everything. You know, enough time, you know, you're a wee cousin with you, he gets pictured to him with him and he always had a laugh and a joke, didn't he? He, he had some cracking comments, you know, when John Greggs tried to wind them up about being on a 10 win bonus and Celtic's only been £5, but better coming back going, you know, ours is guaranteed. It's just, you know, it's kind of lines that are going to be told over and over again, isn't it? You know, as long as there's a Celtic. Yeah, I think uh, nobody's checked it out. Cy Ferry tells a story in Open Goal about uh, coconut dog. Uh, if you've not checked it out, go and have a look at it. I won't ruin the joke. I won't be able to do it and it's good to a voice, but um, you know, just sitting at a table with Martin O'Neill asking him, Martin, do you like dogs? It's just Bertie typified, you know, just <laughs> no filter, right into it, as per usual, you know, and that was just him. I liked to laugh, liked to joke, he lived life and, and was always laughing, always had a smile on his face. I don't think I've ever, ever seen him refuse a photo with one person after the, if you remember back, Lawrence, we beat St Johnson's 7-0 at the start of the nine in a row season at Celtic Park on opening day. And he came up to the stand gather after the game. It was a really hot day. It was about 24 degrees or something Celsius. Came into the pub. I mean, you know, he'd been to the game, did all his hospitality stuff. So he's probably knackered. And he stood in that pub for a good two hours and took a photo with every single person in that pub before he left, got up, did a talk, then left, which was just better. You don't get footballers like that nowadays. No, it's definitely, uh, aye, they're not a bit. I think it's just a connection, you know. He, we've heard a, a few people say, you know, a fan got lucky, or you know, just still a fan of the club. It, it was so true, wasn't it? You know, I, I think he had an affiliation for Thistle growing up, but as soon as he signed for Celtic, that was it. And so, there was no bigger Celtic fan out there than than Bertie, was there? No, I, I think that's you know something. Uh, Chris McLaughlin covered in his uh, tribute last night in BBC. He said, you know, although he did play for other clubs, obviously went down to Birmingham, was at Hibs for a while. Um, he was a, a one-club man in the sense that Celtic Park was always where his heart lay and he, he made sure of that and was always there as a as a present. And, um, you know, it's something we're going to come on to from yesterday's Ange Postacoglu press conference yesterday um, when he was talking about, you know, players of the past being in and around the club and how important it is. But uh, just to finish on this from, from Bernard Ponsonby, I think this was one of the lines that really summed him up when he said... Um, let me just find it here. He said, where are they? Here. He said, the old is a throwback to the age when players grew up as supporters and lived alongside others, fanatics, and an impressive egalitarianism. It was an age when heroes were not cocooned or aloof or unapproachable. He never needed to kiss a badge, pump the air with his fist, or utter pre-rehearsed sentiments about love of club. He knew he was the real deal, and so did those who follow Celtic. I think that some spare to hold up perfectly. It was the real deal to all of us. Um, the club, its fans, his fellow Lisbon Lions, I think they're all going to miss him really, really dearly. Um, but, you know, I think it'll always be in our hearts. And as long as there is, there is a Celtic, the Lisbon Lions will always be remembered, Lawrence. Yeah, de- definitely. Uh, define a moment for the club and perhaps, you know, for football as well, just the, the, the style they played with. You know, it wasn't just that they won it. It's the way they won it, wasn't it? And he epitomised everything about the, the kind of gallusness 
that team had. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Gallus is definitely the word. He was completely Gallus. Um, but to go on from that, and this leads us into uh, yesterday's fan media uh, conference that we had with Ange Postecoglou, Colin Watt attended on behalf of Axom. I was there on another capacity for the alternative view. Um, Ange, you know, took his time with all of us, answered all questions very detailed. Um, it didn't look as if he was in a rush. Seemed very easy with the Celtic support and came across in a very good manner. Um, Lawrence, one of the, the questions I put to the, the manager was about legends of the past being visible in and around the club. How important is that to to youth players? Was the, the first thing I asked him because I'd read what Callum McGregor had said about Bertie Old being in and around the club and, and getting to know him for years. But but Ange said, you know, it's been really important for me since joining here. He just came off the the back of a cup of tea with Danny McGrain and he had a chat with John Clark in the morning and said that, you know, sometimes, he said, when, when you're Celtic manager, um, you walk a bit taller. He said, you know, you're in a very privileged position to be at this football club. And you know that when you go out there in front of 60,000 on a Saturday, he said, it's not me that's built that. It's these guys of the past that's built it. And anything that, that our current crop of, of players do to, to do that, we're only adding to the institution that's been built by those men of the past. How important are guys like, like Danny McGrain, John Clark, and other guys who are around the building that you know we've all probably met in many an occasion just to have it around the club? I think they're hugely. I mean, two of the guys that you touched on there, it's you know they, they set the highest standard possible. They show what's what is possible. I mean, Danny, the best defender in the world, was voted you know arguably for four or five years running. Some would say the best player in the world. I think he was Tommy Burns's best ever player. John Clark's done everything, isn't it? You, you know, mm. see that big cup, the one where he is, we won that. It it sets standards for them. Uh, it gives them an idea of what the club's about. And, uh, you know, they'll be telling them how to interact with fans and what it's like, it, you, you know, what to expect. It, and, and give them a, just an appreciation of what's went in front of them and, and the hard work that's to get the club to this level to, to have that history. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. Yeah, absolutely. Um and it is, it's, it's building, it is building in the past and it's something that I think Celtic do better than, than some clubs. That was what Ange said yesterday, that you know we, we do recognise those uh, heroes of the past that we all hold dearly. Um, there's been a lot of outpouring of love and emotion towards Bertie as there has been with, with every passing of uh, Lisbon Lions and Celtic legends. Um, something Paul's came in here in the, the comments with, one of the questions Lawrence was about untapped markets. But one of the guys at the um, press conference yesterday and Paul saying here, he saw Andrew's presser yesterday, he said, agree as an Aussie, there's an incredible young talent in Iran and Iraq. This is an untapped market. Managers don't like to have to use interpreters. Ange used four in Japan. Um, obviously, Celtic, you know, for many years have used the, the British market, European market, you know, meddled into some other markets at times of, you know, now looking at Japan with Kyogo and the link to uh, Yokohama Marinos, uh, Angie's old team. 
But Lauren, it's how important is it that we've got a manager in there that is looking around the place? Because a club like Celtic, we don't have a, you know, budgets like teams like Manchester City and Liverpool. But if we have the right scouting department set up, and if you think back um, to a few years ago when we played Malmo, they had a lot of Paraguay players in their, their, their side. How important is it to get that right at the very start of this? Because, you know, we've used the, the terminology of rebuild constantly, but if you get your, your structure set up in terms of scouting, how important could that be for the, the future of Celtic under Ange Postacoglu? Listen, it's absolutely huge. If you don't get your recruitment right, you, you don't get the right players on the park. And you've touched on it, but, you know, we've got a finite budget, so we do need to be, be looking everywhere. Uh, you know, whether it's we need to bring in interpreters to, to help with guys when we bring them in, so be it. We just need to make, make the best of what we've got and all opportunities out there. And, you know, we're not going to beat Man City in the race for a player generally. You know, we're already starting to lose players. You know, there's rumours they're looking at another Celtic player to like likes of Bayern, Man City, Watford. So I think, yeah, we need to be looking everywhere and get the best bang for our buck. You know, when John Park was there, we were brought in the likes of Van Dijk, Wanyama. We need to start uncovering these players again. Now, it doesn't necessarily be from the same market. It could be from Iran or Iraq or, or Japan. Just wherever they are, we need to be aware of them. We need to have that scouting network set up and bring them in. Maybe. But, you know, your recruitment, it's all you need to make sure they work together as a team. I suppose McGrory, we, we touched on it, signed every every Lisbon line bar while he was. You know, we got the recruitment right then. We, we just need to be making sure we're bringing them in and giving these guys pathways into the first team. And we're developing them because for, for a while that pathway's really been blocked. When you look at it, you know, it's but it's starting to back under Ange, you know, and he's, he's improving players as well. Look at Tony Ralston's season so far, you know, it, it's you can see that he's getting better game by game. So it looks like we've got the right man in charge for us. Uh, he's got you know, Kyogo coming in, he's looked brilliant, Abada from Israel. You know, he's, although we've used the Israeli market before, you know, I, I think he's willing to cast the net wide and maybe not be stuck to a certain cohort of agents, you know, speak to everyone. Maybe that part, part of that's down to, to Michael Nicholson, you know, the, the job he's doing as well. I don't know. And, and the short period Don McKay was here, he obviously changed things as well. Part of that being the, the fan media that you were at. But mm. we definitely need to kind of be searching everywhere for the next star. You, you know, I think we, we're all hopeful that we're going to bring in, you know, three or four in January and maybe move someone as well. Uh, so, Ange seems to have alluded to, you know, there's a lot of it that's going on in the background. We're already speaking to people, mm. which would suggest that we're, we're going to be a bit more prepared than we have been for previous Januaries where it's down to a loan signing on the last day, you know, and you're like... So, so, so time will tell. We don't have, have, have long to wait uh, to see what the, the transfer window is going to bring, but we're certainly getting linked with a lot of players just now, which which is good. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, we've got a, a semi final before that, and hopefully a final and staying on top of the top top of the league. Listen, we're, we're going to catch Bayern soon as well, and, and they've got a bit of injury crisis. Hopefully, we can get something over them journey soon mm-hmm. uh, and set up a real. Meaningful last game with Betis, you know that if we beat them, that we there's something to play for. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, at this point in time, mid-November, um, you know, we're, we're four points off the top. I don't think 
you know, pre-Pitodri people probably saw us getting that close. Obviously, we did have a chance uh, when we dropped points against Livingston to, to go to the summit of the table that day, but but not to be. But there's going to be a lot of football in front of us. Um, in terms of last week, ongoing on, the situation has changed the league. The, the team at the top of the table at this current point doesn't have a manager, which is something Celtic need to clearly look at in terms of, you know, although people would say we're still in terms of the rebuild, we're still going through phases of it. We should be a lot more settled now. Um, I think Ange has had probably not enough time to work with the players, but a right amount of time that he can get them playing the football standards that he, he has done, which we've seen. And uh, I think something you've touched on there, Lawrence, which is really interesting, is that path went at the first team. Um, and that path went at the first team culminated in Tony Nelson making his Scotland debut last night. And we will come on to Scotland last night because I think it's worthwhile talking about Callum McGregor especially last night who I thought was absolutely exceptional again. But in terms of Ralston and, and other guys breaking through, um, the pathway is there not just in terms of going out into the market and buying players in, but also for, for the youth team. And I think that's very, very important what the manager's trying to do because he's, he's said that everybody is buying into it and players have said that people are buying into what he's trying to do. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we can't be afford to be losing a best young talent to Bayern Munich, Man City, Watford. We, we need to get the best out of them. Uh, Tony Ralston, you know, all of a sudden he's in the Scotland squad. He, he got some minutes and Scotland get the best result in years. I think that is absolutely no coincidence. God knows what the, the result would have been if he'd got a full 90 minutes. You know, it could have been five or six now. It's, but yeah, Tony's just a shining example for anyone at, at the club that was maybe not sure where their career was going, to have a look at it and go, well, look look what Tony's achieved this season. There's no reason why, if I listen to the manager, I can't do similar. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, there's other guys like Stephen Welsh who'll be looking at Tony Ralston thinking, if I can kick on here, why not make that pathway through? We've seen John Souter last night, you know, break into that Scotland team. We're going to get onto him as well. Um, so we're just touching him just now. John Souter, Lawrence, he um, scored last night for Scotland after uh, the ball was flicked on from Liam Cooper, Cedar, um, put the ball right into the back of the net. He's obviously had a decent start to the season under Robbie Nielsen at heart. So it looks as if he's over the, the worst of the injuries. Pre-contract in January, I think he's 25. Yes or no? Should it be a player that we're looking at? Oh, I think we should definitely be looking at him. Yeah, you know, he's he, he looks as if is if he fit Angie's system in terms of he's comfortable with the ball at his foot. He's a football player. He's having a good season. Why would we not be assessing him and see what he could bring to the club? Uh, great goal for him. It's, I mean, initially when he broke, broke it in the United team, he seemed to be doing well. He seemed to lose his, his way a wee bit. United moved on to, to Hearts. And it, it seems, as you say, he's got over his injuries now and he's putting in the performances that maybe his early United performances you thought he would he would do. So, listen, if we're not looking at him, there'll be loads of other clubs looking at him because you don't often get players of that calibre up in a free. No, no, you don't. Um, this one for the, the listeners, people in comments, John Souter, yes or no for you? Um, if it's a no, tell us why. If it's a yes, tell us why. It's an interesting one because um, the manager yesterday again said, Lawrence, you know, he, he could go out there and and pick up a centre half that just clears the ball, doesn't want to play his style of football. He's not interested in that. He wants to sign players that can play his way. Um, I think, you know, majority of the guys that we've got in so far we've did that with. Um, if you look at Carol Starfield, for instance, I know he's taken 
slack at times. Um, but you know, Ange says you know it's a transition going from a team maybe that are used to getting forty, thirty percent of the ball in the game to going to somebody that's at sixty, seventy percent of the ball in the game. You're asked to do a lot more with the ball. You're asked to recycle the ball. You're asked to make moves with the ball at centre half that maybe just wouldn't do at other teams. So it's about getting players into that mould. But I believe that we've got a manager that can do that with, with any player that he believes that he can go out and, and sign. He's got a track record of doing it. You know, we spoke to Jared and over in Australia and, and Dan in Japan and they said, look, it's his first season. He's building the team. He's moulding it. I think we're ahead of where he's expected to be just now. So, you know, we've touched on what he's done for Ralston. I thought Taylor was having a good season until his injury. So, it's two fullbacks that are young. You know, they seem to have adapted well. They were singled out for praise by the manager. They've got new contracts. Starfelt settling in well. Car- Cameron Carter Vickers just looks like he's been here for years, doesn't he? It's, he does, yeah. And, you know, he's got a plan and the, the manager, he, he's got a vision. I, I think that helps a lot. You know, people have bought into it. And he's right, don't buy people that don't fit the vision because they don't add to the sum of the team, do they? they? They probably take something away. If you can get somebody in it that fits your vision, it'll work better. So, you know, interesting times for the transfer window coming up. But you know, hopefully we'll get a league cup in the bag by then. And you never know if we pull a result off from Germany. I could I could see us taking some from Betis then. Yeah, I think that Betis game, especially the way we actually played in Seville that night, that there's no reason why we can't uh, go totally toby with Real Betis. I mean, we saw Scotland go totally toe with a Denmark side last night that, that hadn't, uh, I think up until the last game against Moldova, hadn't conceded a goal. They had a 100% win record, but Scotland went right at them and got the results. So it just shows you that, you know, in terms of football, any team can do it if they're really wanting it in the big stage. And I think, you know, the way we played in contrast against Denmark to the way we played against them at Hamden, night and day. Um, and uh, again, that goes for, for Celtic. Obviously, we get the two goals, went 2-0 and up there. And uh, Batiste, 4-3 uh, it finished. But, um, you know, there's no reason why we can't go and get a result against Batiste. And even Pellegrini, I think, said, you know, don't write off the Celtic team because... Got good players in there that can hurt you. And again, we were still in a very early auspices under Ange. I think that was only Jota's second game for Celtic that evening. Yeah, listen, but they, listen, without doubt, we've improved with a team since it, as a team since then. If we go to Leverkusen and take something off Leverkusen, you, you know, why could we beat Betis at Celtic Park? You know, it used to be a fortress in Europe. You know, we can get get it back to that. It's yeah, it, you know, they've got two games with with, with really nothing to lose in them. Yeah, you know. Uh, They've shown that there's goals in this team and we're improving. So we know Bayer's got a bit of an injury crisis and I think that's their best game of the season was the result against us. So mm. yeah, go over there determined to take something from from that and set up you know, a meaningful game in the last game. That's it, yeah. I think uh, you know, Europa League would obviously be playing a, t- a tougher opponent but it's a competition that Celtic fans would maybe like to you know, have a good go at. Um, but again, there's some, some decent teams in the conference, but we've got that place secured. We've had this conversation last week. We, we both feel that in terms of the team, we've probably overachieved in Europe coming this season, just at the stage that we were at. Um, and touched on Midland yesterday. It's something we've spoken about on here in terms of where we were at that time, playing a settled Midland team compared to where we were as, as a club. Um, if you look at the, the start living that night, it's a completely different team, completely different setup, and it's a lot more settled than we probably... You know, I think over two legs would beat Midland. I still stick to that 
we'd have played a very difficult PSV Eindhoven side. Um, I don't know how we would have fared against them, but again, we dropped into that Europa uh, playoff game against Izzy Dalkma. And for exception, obviously, Jablonic before that, but Alkma, a team that were settled, a team that had good European pedigree, and we looked very comfortable over the two legs. I know that it was a bit uh, under the cost in the away game, Lawrence, but we got through the tie, and that was it. And so far in the group stages, you know, Ferenc Varos, you know, champions of, of Hungary, I mean, we absolutely, you know, cushed against them home and away. Yeah, but, but, but Ferenc Varos, it was, it just, I think it's a reflection of the team's progress, isn't it? You know, it's, it's, we're getting better results when we're going. I mean, yeah, Ferenc Varos was just easy, wasn't it? It was just, as you said, home and away. Betis going 2 0 up. If the team had been a wee bit more settled and a bit more experienced, you, you know, 2 0 really would have, you'd expect to not to beat that game. But saying that, it ends up 4 3. You'd attain that before kickoff. You know, it's a good Betis team. Probably the, the team was buyer, you, you know, losing so heavily to, to them. Uh, but the keeper of the crack at night, read a couple of bad misses. And it was just a wee bit of a freak result there. I don't think that it was truly reflective of the, of the game. And, you know, Maybe the players will be feeling that and they'll be going to Leverkusen going, you know, what we owe them something. Yeah, 100%. And the, the context of that game as well, bringing Callum McGregor back in from injury and Kyogo as well. Obviously, he had a chance earlier on in the game, but you could tell he wasn't 100% at his best. And obviously, right, bouncing off after that game, he went up at Petrovic and get the result, which seemed to have kind of kick-started us. So, uh, yeah, I think there probably will be a wee bit of a hurt felt in that dressing room after that, that 4-0 performance at Celtic Park. And then, um, you know, they'll probably look to go to Germany to try and get a result. Um, but just going to go back to what we're discussing with John Sutter. We've got a lot of folk commenting on it. So, yep, it's a yes. Um, seems like the doctor, usual commenter on here. He's saying, you know, well done to Sutter. He proved them wrong. I think he proved a lot of people wrong last night. I saw him in a team going to Hamden and I thought, oh, but, you know, played very well, took his head up really well and looked very comfortable at the back. It's a very good Danish outfit. Um if the price is right, well, he's a pre-contract, so it'd be a freebie, and I don't think in terms of wages we'd be looking at anything too astronomical. Um, let's keep going. Is wage maybe a stumbling block? Do you think it would be a stumbling block, Lawrence? Or do you think we could come to a deal? I don't expect that he's in too much money at heart compared to what we could probably offer him. So it depends what other deals he's got on the table. You know, if a premiership club comes to him or, you, you know, who else is looking at him is, is going to Put, that's going to set the market for the wages, isn't it? We're going to be able to pay more than anyone else in Scotland comfortably. It's just if anyone outside of Scotland starts looking at them, that's when it would be, get a wee bit sticky. You know, somebody from down south says, "Well, you know, we'll give you twenty grand a week." It's it's something that he's gone from maybe I don't know what to be on at Hearts three or four grand, you know, and we didn't expect him to pay me eight maybe. So it depends what the competition is for his, his signature, but. I'd like to think that we are, uh, we're we going to be at the head of the queue. We're at least going to have a chat with him and try and tie him down. Because, yeah. but listen, you've got to buy a ticket, you're going to win a lottery. You, you know, he's got to be a guy we're looking at and speaking to if, to see to see what he'd want to come to us, try and beat other clubs to it. Listen, it, and the clubs that maybe be looking at him down south, they're not going to be playing in front of 60,000. They're not going to be winning trophies. There's stuff that, you know, we can offer them over and above money. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Absolutely. And Daniel's saying that he thinks John Suter is, was walking to a team's levels above Carol Starfield. I'm not too sure about that one. I think Starfield still... He's, I think he's became a lot more comfortable in terms of you know manager style of football, um, but I do think John Suter would, would work in a, a style of football. And again, one of the comments here from David Kelly, one of our usual Tuesday contributors, saying getting staff out for free allows us to spend money, uh, and a few other positions. That that is something probably crucial about it as well. You know, where we wouldn't need to have a big outlay here, Lawrence. And um, in terms of the position of centre back, obviously we've got. Cameron Carter-Vickers uh, with an option to buy. Apologies, I got that wrong a couple of weeks ago. I said I wasn't sure and I was corrected. We do have an option to buy in Cameron Carter-Vickers. I would hope that we, we do have that conversation with him. Again, we'll be up with a player and whether you know, he's quite happy to come to Celtic once the deal to happen. We've got Julian there. Um, Julian, who's still, you know, there's a big question mark to when he'll actually return. We don't know. We keep saying after this international break. But the manager... I think a couple of weeks back said, you know, he's still a good bit off. And we've got Stephen Welsh in there, of course, and we've got Carl Stafford that we, we splashed four million on. So in terms of what we've actually got, in terms of the four there, Lawrence, obviously Dean Murray, the youth set up. Um, I think Suter would add to that, and you know, you can't really be too short and centre backs with the Celtics, look, can you? <laughs> Not with injury record, no. L- listen, he takes a lot of boxes. He suits the style. He he, he knows the league. You know. And- He's not going to cost the earth for us, is he? You know, we, we do have a finite budget. We could, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be Ange's call, but I, I think he's definitely worth looking at. And if we can tie him up, it may stop him going elsewhere in the league. You know, it, you, you could get that double bonus. Uh, where else are we going to look to strengthen? I think attacking midfield. The midfield's something that's just not looked right. And, and, and maybe another forward, because... Yakamakis has looked a wee bit off it, but you know he's still got time to come good. But if Kuo goes to get injured, you're worried again. And and perhaps at the other end of the park, you're looking at getting Barkas out and then a, a backup keeper in. Maybe Barkas and being out and getting a backup in, because we've still got Connor Connor Hazard there, and you know he's an international keeper. So yeah, if you get Suter in for free, it, it lets us spend our budget elsewhere, doesn't it? Um, it does let us spend our budget elsewhere. Um, it's obviously positions left back. We've got plenty of left backs in the building, but we, we don't know if the manager is going to just persist with 
Uh, Josip Juranovic, who qualified his country, Croatia qualified for the World Cup the other night. I thought he was exceptional. Um, he could take north before they, they get that goal, but he was excellent. Um, he's a proper footballer, Josip Juranovic, and I think you know, that was a real good deal to get in the building. It was a good player to have around the building. Um, somebody said in the comments here that Denmark were here on a holiday. Well, the rumour was, Lawrence, that if Denmark went the, the group 100%, they were all getting 117 grand each as a bonus. Yep. So I don't think they were probably here on a holiday. I think Scott, they, uh, Scotland did the uh, Danish FA a turn last night. Um, Listen, they were but, gutted. That. And that left-back, don't forget Tony Ralston. We now know he can play left-back. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. So, so it's yeah. No, listen, it was no holiday for them. They were gutted to lose that game. What, what team wouldn't, wouldn't want to go? You know, hundred percent record. No, no one's giving that away lightly. Uh, not no professional footballer. So great result, but yeah, left back. Hopefully, you know, Taylor's still a wee bit away. But it's it, it's who else comes in? Does Bolly move out because I think he's he's way down the pecking order? What scales his position? Who knows? Mm-hmm. And Montgomery's done well, but you know, is he more left winger? Is he a left back or is he a left winger? Is the question uh, me, Adam yeah. Montgomery? So it's, it's maybe something that we'd look at. Who knows? But I think midfield priority, maybe another striker and a backup keeper. And mm. yeah, get, get rid of some of the players that just don't fit, you know, that are perhaps on higher wages and just try and move them out. Barkas, a, a Yeti, boy. You know, I think we've kind of touched through those three numerous times that if we could get them off the wage bill, would would free that up for us. Um, I think bowling goalies are a real interesting one, Lawrence, because obviously we've seen them featured against Livingston and Motherwell. Um, in both games, he was okay. He didn't really do anything in raw, uh, do anything wrong at Fir Park. He looked very comfortable, but um, it, it would appear, you know, that the manager just didn't fancy him. He appears and he disappears. Um, and as you say, if he is one of the, the higher wages at the club, I'd imagine he, he would be. And the fee that we paid for him for Rapid Vienna was about three and a half billion quid. Um, you know, if it's wages that can be freed up to, to give other players, I mean, to get them shifted. It's a no-brainer. And in terms of the goalkeeper, as you say there, uh, Facilis Barkas, if he goes out the door, you know, there's a question mark. A lot of Celtic fans maybe over Scott Bain. I, I don't know about that because obviously Scott Bain... You know, broke into that Celtic team. I think as Alan said on Friday in Merit, eh, under Brendan when he dropped Craig Gordon, eh, he you know looked very comfortable with the ball at his feet. Did everything that the manager was wanting him to do, and then after the Clouds game at Celtic Park, Neil Lennon obviously just didn't fancy him at all. Dropped him, brought in Fraser Foster, and then when it wasn't going well with Barkas, he turned back to Bean. So I, I don't know if that's just a case of you know Scott Bean just not having any luck in terms of you know selection-wise, and when he's picking and choosing, I run a games for Scott Bain, underneath Ange Postacoglu, we maybe do him the world of good, I know he's featured a bit this season, but um, in terms of Joe Hart was to you know pick up an injury, would you have confidence in Scott Bain coming in and do his turn for a few games? I don't think he's anywhere near the level of Hart, and I, I think maybe Definitely that's the worry, the gap's so big, isn't it? And, yeah. you, and it's a position that Listen, when Ange came in, he, he, he fancied Barkas over Ben. So it's kind of, uh, he's going to do his turn at a certain level, but it's something that I'd like to improve that backup option, shall we say. Mm-hmm. I think we could do with a better option. It, and, you know, for, for Scott Ben, maybe it's, it's probably his last ever move. You know, it's maybe it's time for him to look elsewhere and say, right, I need some first time football. Because mm-hmm. he, he's probably a, a all players, but 
benefit from playing. But the only way he's going to get a run of games is an injury to heart just now, isn't it? A sustained injury, which no one wants. So, yeah, it's maybe... But then again, it depends on who we can bring in. You know, who else is out there in the keeper? What standard? You know, I'd be moving Barkas out the door before Bain. But, yeah, it's still something to look to improve on. And if I could get, you know, somebody decent in, I'd say, well, we gave Connor Hazard a new, a new contract. How many keepers do we need? He's an international keeper. Do we gain anything we haven't been playing in front of him? You know, it's th- the third choice keeper. I'm not sure we do. Yeah, there's also the the lad, um, his name escapes me now, but the place for the, the B Toby. team at this moment. Toby, yep. Yeah, yep. Um so again, you know, that could be some uh, somebody that we could possibly look to. He's obviously got the manager's touch uh, trust in terms of I've been on the bench a few times now. Um so he's one that we could possibly look at. Anybody in the league for you, Lawrence, that you would you would take in terms of the goalkeeper position? Obviously, Seagrist is one that gets uh, batted about a lot. Marciano, the former Hibs goalkeeper at, at Fianord. Another possibility. Xander Listen, <sighs> won two cups. He was in Scotland's most successful team last year, so he's got to be worth a look. You know, it's not often provincial clubs won two cups, and goalkeeper's got to have been a big part of that. So he's got to be worth a look, but. Maybe you're right. Maybe I think Ange might look within first. Maybe Toby is a guy with a big future. He's playing England under twenty ones. He's not a bad keeper if he's doing that. You know, it's and the answer can't always be to buy. So perhaps Ange is looking. He's he's been on the bench a few times. So maybe he's saying, you, you know, what well, that boy's worth trusting. Sorry, guys. All right, Paul. We're all sorted, technical-wise. <laughs> Sorry there. I just thought I'd pop in to say hello. Um, I'm not going to cramp your style, Declan. You run the show and um, if you want to hear my opinions you, you're free to ask but I uh, just wanted to say hello you look very smart Lawrence listen as always mate as always yes or is that is that I don't normally no no you always scrub up well and uh, of course Declan with that t-shirt an absolute uh, classic for a, a legend of your CSC as well so a sad sad day yesterday yeah, it was a sad day, Paul, um, touching that at the, the top of the show. You know, I said that, you know, in the three years that I've kind of got to know Bertie, he's been a great support to me with a good friendship. And he was always on the other end of the phone from him. I'm going to miss him like all Celtic fans are. I'm going to miss him a lot. And I know yourself, you know, you were there that night in Greenock, um, 50th anniversary. And he, you know, uh, you know, defied belief, I think, for those few months he was in yeah. Lisbon. Um, doing a thing the STV, he was at the Hydro, he was in Talksport, he was in George Square, and that day, you know, the day after the 50th anniversary, he went from a lunch in the Doubletree Hilton in Cambridge Street down to Greenock to see the supporters come down there, he was going to another function, wasn't he, Paul? I know, and by the time we seen him in Greenock, Declan, he was standing there with the, the top button out, and the tie was down, and he was, yeah. you know... But he wanted to do it because I think his words were all about, uh, you know, his, his teammates. He, he just wanted to do it in memory of all his teammates and the bond that that, that group of players had. It's um, there's a lot there's a lot great about the modern game. You know, I don't always want to give the modern game a kick in, but there's a lot that's been lost, Declan, and that that bond between that group of men that lasted a lifetime is something I don't think we'll ever see again. No, it's not, and you know they they were a family. Um, I know you know especially guys like John Clark and Bobby that were really really close to Bertie will we'll miss him a lot because you know a lot of the time they were always at the do's together. Um, 
I was talking to John's granddaughter the other day, and I was seeing you know the two of them together were really really good because Bertie was the you know rather loud boisterous loud one, and Clarkie was the the dry humour that always kept him in line. Uh, one of the stories doing at Irvine was kind of standing, so I'm talking to Bertie and usual you know blah 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 about Mary Hill and whatnot. Clarkie just nudged and he says, listen, look at that cue. He says, if we're here all night and do this, we'll be here all night. You shut up, you take the photo, let's go. So that was just Clarkie, always keeping Perdy in line. Brilliant. The, the other thing I was going to ask you, um, of course you were in yesterday with the, the Ange Postacoglu press conference mm-hmm. and he's not someone that I've had the pleasure of speaking to. Colin was representing Axom yesterday um, and I just wanted to ask the pair of you, Lawrence, as well. I had a chance to watch it last night in full it's about three quarters of an hour, and every time I hear this guy speaking, I just, I, you know, I love him even more. But it was the fact that it's fan engagement, Declan. This is something we were screaming out for last season, um, and he's embraced it. He's embraced it in a big, big way. I think when I look at the club, Fran Alonso, of course, is very, very good at that. Uh, you know, engaging with fans. But Ange Postecoglou, for me, he, he just gets us as a fan base. Do you think, you know, when he goes along to these events, like he did with the Tommy Burns one, the reaction that he's got has maybe surprised him a wee bit, Declan? The positive reaction that he's got? Yeah, um, I think one of the stories in the group chat that we were all in, um, Kevin Tapeson, his wife was up taking a photograph of the queue to send it back home because they couldn't believe it. And he said he's never been invited yesterday to as many people's houses uh, ever <laughs> anywhere he's went. So um, I think Celtic fans have certainly taken to him and Percy he's a very nice guy I've had the pleasure of meeting him once very humble very unassuming um, and he just does get Celtic and you know I think all his core values and beliefs as he touched on yesterday are very much in the, the Celtic ethos and you know we have really got ourselves a, a gem of a manager here with a, a vision as well I think something that Celtic's did really badly in previous years is short termism and um, if we can give this guy the right tools and keep him at the club in terms of a vision and where we want to be um, he's definitely the right man to do that. Did he call you, mate? He did at the very end of it, yes. <laughs> what is he done? In a very positive way, though. No, no, no. It was a thank you, mate, so it wasn't a bad mate. Don't worry about it. I think if he, sure? uh, if he calls Celtic fans, mate, it's a different mate, isn't it? Yeah, than absolutely. Mainstream media. But, but it looks, that continue, it's a lot more comfortable, Paul, with Celtic fans. I thought yesterday, um, just in terms of the longevity of it, 45 minutes plus, good part of an hour, and just sitting, talking away. He looked very, very comfortable, going through a manner of different questions, but answering them all with detail and an insightfulness that, you know, some managers just wouldn't, you know, bother doing. But he's obviously wants to make the time and is happy to make the time to talk to Celtic fans. Um, he was in no rush whatsoever. He's obviously a very busy man, but was in no rush whatsoever and was quite happy to, to talk to the support. So um, long may that continue. And you've met him? Is that a couple mm-hmm. of times? Yes. Met mm-hmm. him a couple of times already, just out and about doing his thing. And in not asked him up with a house yet. We'll wait till New Year for that. Maybe get him up for a, a swift one after we hopefully get a result in January, the beginning of January. Well, here's hoping. Um, I didn't want to take this show over, Declan. This is your show, mate. So you just run with it. And I'm if I can chip in, I'm happy to. I will do. Um, I think the reason you probably appeared, Paul, was to wish Tony Ralston happy birthday. Um, Aye. Uh, because Lawrence, I know you're, you've you mentioned it a few times, but last night he came on, came on at left back, and uh, you know, fair play to him. I think all three of us probably doubted him at one point or another. 
didn't know whether he could break into that Celtic team. Um, but Lawrence, he broke into that Celtic team, he cemented his place in it, and now he's coming on for Scotland. And you know, Stephen O'Donnell was okay last night, but I think, as you say, if you know Tony Alves was at right back, he might have had a better result. Definitely. Listen, I think last Tuesday we said, you know, undroppable for Celtic, unpickable for Scotland. At least, you know, it might have taken an injury or a suspension for Steve Clark to see the light, you know, but he's played left back and, you know, another man in the match performance for Tony Ralston, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, he's just, he's just been outstanding, isn't he? he? What a season, but we've touched on it, you know, Angie's got a big part to play in that and the hope that's got to give the, the younger players at Celtic saying, well, you know what? Tony's made it. There's no reason I can't. Paul, what's your thoughts been in, in, in Tony Ralston? And, and, you know, I'm breaking into that Scotland setup now. Steve Clark's obviously had the chance to look at him in training. Do you think that from now on he probably will be a pick? Because he's obviously did something right to get on in the game last night. I know Andy Robertson had picked up a week and a, a knock, I think, when he went off. But, you know, had a good look at him now in training and probably knows what he can offer him. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And uh, in terms of his performances compared to, you know, Stephen O'Donnell at Motherwell, I would say uh, Tony Ralston is far and above uh, uh, Stephen O'Donnell at this point in time. And I don't even think that's because we're we're looking at this with green tinted specs deck. I just think that mm. it's just a you know it's factual in terms of the games that he's played, uh, the level and you know he's been playing it in Europe Europe this season as well, and his level of performance has been tremendous. It really has. I keep going back to that the whole the whole mental challenge of being a young player coming through. You're coming through. You're you're a contemporary Kieran Tierney at that time, so he's coming through at 17 uh, under Ronnie Dyla. And how many players would have already fallen by the wayside, Dick? You know, before this season, you know, during all that period. And I think the one the one period probably where it was more likely was, and it's not a dig at uh, Neil Lennon, but during the Neil Lennon uh, era, he was obviously not fancied. He played very very few games. And so many players just check out, don't they? Then they get a, a contract somewhere else and they move around and every so often you hear that they've moved to another club. I thought that was Tony Ralston's future. And what he's done this season, he's been thrown in because he was the only right back that we had. Uh, he was thrown into the pre-season games. We watched it with interest. And he has developed and got stronger and got better. And last night, I just think, capped that part of his career. I don't think he needs to justify it. I don't think, you know, those like yourself who had doubts, like us, everybody on this show, we all had doubts about Tony Ralston. We didn't think he was going to be the guy at right back to take us forward. 
But as, as Lauren said before, you, you just you wouldn't drop him. We've got a Croatian internationalist playing out of position to accommodate him. And that, that, for me, is a compliment to, to Tony. And it's something we'll probably focus on a lot more and in more depth, maybe later in the week when Kevin and I are on with Tony on Thursday. Um, the five right-backs that Tony Ralston seen off at Celtic Park. Mm. you know, And the levels that they came in on and the profiles that they had, and Tony Ralston's outlasted a whole lot of them. So he's deserving of his contract and he's deserving of uh, that debut for Scotland last night, 100%. Absolutely, and uh, everyone at Axel wishes him a very happy birthday to the Bricky. Um, but somebody in contrast to Tony Ralston, who maybe hasn't shown as much in a Celtic jersey this season as of yet, is James McCarthy. One of the comments coming in here is, can you let McCarthy go as well? Now, the manager um, yesterday, Paul, said, you know, he said he didn't want to make excuses for a player, but in terms of when they brought him in, um, we'd taken him when he was a free agent, no club. And he said it was always going to take time to, to get him up to speed. So it would seem that Ange Postacoglu, I know Lawrence definitely hasn't written him off, is saying that James McCarthy's still got a, a part to play here at Celtic. Do you still see that McCarthy giving us something and justifying that four-year deal, which I think all of us were still bemused that it was such a long-term contract that we gave him? You know, I was interested to hear that response. But this is the thing with fans, Declan. We talk about it all the time on the, on the bulletin. And then when we get the opportunity in the, the fans forum to speak to Ange, these are the types of questions we want to hear. What's happening with James McCarthy? And I'm not sure who asked the question, but it was a, it was an excellent question. And um, I can understand that if he's not had the, the full pre-season under his belt, even though he'd obviously on a personal level try to remain fit, then not only is he coming to, to full-time training, but the intensity apparently of, of Postacoglu's training as well is extremely high. Uh, and he's picked up niggles that perhaps once he's at full fitness won't be an issue. I'm glad to hear that as Postacoglu sees a, f- a future for James McCarthy at Celtic because that's one position at the club that I think I'm not 100% sold on that we've got a first pick. If you want to call it the number six, you know, beat on... He's playing well there at the moment, Declan. Another player who, you know, we've said it with Roderick, we've said it with Alston. We, we wouldn't have minded too much if he had left a few mm. times in his Celtic career. But he's doing okay there. And of course, we've got Sorrow. But McCarthy, for me, is your first pick when fit. Um, I want to see him firing on all cylinders. He is only 30. People talk about him at 30 because of the injuries that he's got, Declan, that he's had in his career as if he's 35. He is only 30. Um, you know... And he's here for four years, and I, I just hope that we can get a run of games out of James McCarthy. I said kind of earlier on in the season, they've certainly not been proved right yet, that he might be the surprise package. He might be the, the black sheep who comes into a game as the season progresses, and I hope that's the case. I'm a big fan of him as a player. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've all seen you know flashes of him and his time in the English Premiership with Wigan, Everton and Crystal Palace has showed that the quality he's got, he's showed that in the international stage for the Republic of Ireland as well. So, you know, we want him to kick on. Um, but interesting to hear that the manager of the game is full of praise for for near beat on yesterday, saying, you know, he's been a, a you know, key player for him so far. And um, Paddy's told us it was Hamish that asked the question. Hamish another top man that always okay. does a good bit in the old uh, fan media stuff too. Um Lawrence, to come to you on this one, this was Colin's question and this is what Postacoglu asking him he was asking him about the rebuild he was asking about the second phase of the rebuild and where we're going in terms of structure we brought in Anton McElhone we're, we're seeing the, the, the you know the, the positives of that coming to fruition now but 
This was Poster Coggle's answer back to Colin. He said, there's no doubt going into January, we still have some work to do with the playing roster, particularly in terms of depth in certain areas. In terms of the structure around here, we still need some work around our recruiting and our scouting department. That will be the next focus for me to make sure we get the right people in the area. That's probably the one area where football is changing rapidly. The information that is out there and how you get that information and how you use that information, particularly around scouting, that's the next step for me in terms of January. What's your thoughts on those comments? Because he's obviously clearly saying that we're still, you know, Fred in a lot of departments and we really, you know, do need to keep a focus on it. It's good that we, we know we are, but, you know, there's self-awareness there from, from Ange. I hope that there's self-awareness there from the, the Celtic board in terms of filling those positions that he's obviously saying we desperately need people in. But, yeah, you've touched it. We're aware of it. You know, he's, he's made other comments that, you know, we're working on it. At least he seems to have a structure plan the way he's approaching stuff. He's already speaking to players and he goes, right, the next thing I need to sort is this. He seems to have uh, tightened up the sieve so much so that I don't think it's a sieve anymore. You, you know, the best record in the league defensively. He knows the areas he's got to work on. We're doing better. We're scoring goals for set pieces. Jeez, who would have thought that? <laughs> you know, it's he's definitely a man with a plan and you know he's done it consistently wherever he's been. So... I think we've got to trust the process with Ange. He's a guy, I mean, anytime you hear him speak, you know he's a guy that knows what he's doing. There's an honesty in the way he speaks and he's, you know, he's genuine and it comes across. And I think that's why people want him so much. But, but you've touched on it, you know, he's praising beating. You know, early in the season, it was it was Ralston and Taylor, three players that were whipping boys for the fans. But I tell you what, I've not seen Ange do. I've not seen him throw any player under the bus. I've not seen him do that, which has got to be brilliant from the player's point of view. No, 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 yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really good point because there has been you know, some performances where it would have been very easy for, for the manager to not take responsibility and just you know throw players under the bus but he's always taking responsibility he's always the one that you know says that this is on me and, and only me and I think that's a testament to him as a manager and that lets players like Tony Ralston who again I think that Celtic team from last season coming off the back yet are still mentally hurt I think you know there's a core group in there that, that went through every uh, Turner, I know we brought in 12 players, but you know, your core in there, McGregor, Turnbull, etc., you know, went through a really difficult period, Stephen Welsh as well, at a young age, um, to come in. And, you know, I don't think that would have helped him last season, but it's about building that resilience, Paul. And he is doing that. And as Lawrence said, he is a man with a plan, he has got a vision. It's just about him being back to, to properly execute that now, isn't it? It is. And Lawrence said, trust the process there. And I think earlier on, I said, is trust the process this season's keep the faith. And I don't think it is. Because last season, when we were getting told to keep the faith, and I love keep the faith, right? I don't mean the Bon Jovi song. I love keep the faith as a moniker. I love the fact that, you know, there's a connection with it to Northern Soul as well as Celtic. But yet last season, it was blind faith. You know, it was keep the faith for what? It's never going to get any better. This season, at least we've got that plan, Declan. And that's the thing. Trust that process, trust that plan. Um, and I think we've seen enough to suggest that um, the plan at the moment, it won't be 100%. I think Ange is maybe something of a perfectionist when it comes to it, and he's going to utilise everything he possibly can. But the big thing yesterday about that, that engagement was it wasn't contrived. He does, and we've said it before, he does get the Celtic support. And at this moment in time, I feel that the board are in a very precarious situation with the Celtic support. 
And the only thing keeping us happy at the moment is Ange and his team. Now, we know that there's other developments kicking on at the moment and there's been protests against them, Dex. So the board need to realise that if they don't fully back this man in any way, shape or form, and I'm not one of these guys that say get rid of the backroom team because he's obviously happy with them, mm-hmm. you know, because he would have made these changes. Yeah. Yep, he suggested he's comfortable with all of them. So he's happy know, I with think them. We, we'd all agreed that as long as he was happy with them as a support, that's fine by us. 100%. But back him. Really, really back him as much as he, he requires. I don't want to come out of the transfer window, for example, thinking that, you know, we're running maybe a couple of bodies short. Because we are. Mm-hmm. We're still running a couple of bodies short as we're, we sit here just now. You were talking about goalies earlier. I don't trust any of our back, backup goalies other than young Toby, you know, and, and Connor Hazard perhaps because I'm not quite sure what the situation is with Connor. But Barkas and Bain, I'd rather they weren't in goals for Celtic, even if Hearts injured or suspended. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think, you know, as a key position, your goalkeeper, and you saw how you know big an issue it was for his last season. Um, and that wasn't a depth issue. That was his pick the number one because it seemed at every passing week as we were in the deepest, darkest lockdown as if we were just putting the names into a hat and picking out what one was going to play in goals for us. Um, but to finish today, obviously, Saturday is going to be, I think, an emotional day for, for all Celtic fans that will be at Hamden and probably watching on as we pay testament to, to Bertie Old, one of Celtic's greatest ever players, and dubbed as Mr Celtic. He probably does as well deserve it that title alongside guys like Tommy Burns, Billy McNeil, even nearly mocking as well for everything, John Clark, guys that, you know, have given everything to the club. Um, but, you know, going to Hamden, Lawrence, it's going to be a big occasion. Um, I've not been there for a wee while. Um, looking forward to the game. And again, it's at Johnston, a team that Bertie Old scored the only goal against in 1969 to win the League Cup. So could be a wee bit of fate written in that. But it's uh, it could be testament. You know, Bertie said that Hamden was Celtic's second training ground. They used to pat their car there all the time thinking that that's where they used to go. So, as the wee man would say, you know, can they play? I think the Celtic team can play and I expect a big performance from them on Saturday. Yeah, listen, definitely, you know, as you touched on it, Bertie's training ground. St Johnston's a good team. Uh, you know, won two out of three trophies last last season, won both cups. So they've shown they can do it at Hamden as well, but I think we'll have more than enough for them. You know, Ange's got his playing in a style. Listen, and the players will all have met Bertie. You know, they're going to take that extra bit of motivation, aren't they? They know that the fans will be looking for a performance that's going to, you know, honour Bertie here, match his memory. So I, I'm expecting us to win the three or four here. Hmm. Um, hopefully, Callum McGregor puts in a, an old-style shift, Paul, as the midfield general in there. Um, you're quite confident that, you know, and amongst all the emotion and stuff, um, that, that Celtic will go to Hamden on Saturday with a fresh approach to the game. As I said last last week, it might help that we're not going straight into league action. Um, this game is, of course, not a free hit. We want to be at the, the final, but in terms of playing St. Johnson, it's a St. Johnson team that are a very different approach to how they play this in the league um, and sitting behind the ball because they need to get a result. And obviously, the, the game needs to be uh, decided on the day. So I think, in terms of that, it probably suits Celtic a wee bit better this fixture than it will St. Johnston. Uh, I mean, Huge respect for what has been done at St. Johnson. Uh, last season was unbelievable. But I think they're weaker this season. I do think they're weaker. But in saying that, you know, some of these teams we do find difficult to break down. If we came away, I'd love for Lawrence to be right, but if we come away with the same score that we did back in the Bertie All Cup final with a single goal, 
happy with that and get us in to the, the final. And the thing with uh, that final uh, that you referred to earlier, that was the one where Tommy Gemmel was controversially dropped at the last mm. minute for Davy Hay, wasn't it? Davy was just coming into the side and uh, Gemmel was dropped. Was it for his exploits for Scotland when he booted Possibly the, the West Hammer. German? Yeah, I think it was that. Um, and, you know, the, there was tension between him and Jockstein. Davy Hay came in uh, and played in place of Tommy that day. But I'd be happy with a 1-0, to be honest with you, Deck, at this stage. Uh, and just, you know, look, the next four games are crucial for Celtic. Mm. Uh, we spoke about it the other day there. We've played four games less than the entire John Barnes tenure at Celtic. So he, he got 29 games, Andrew's on 25. And to match his win percentage is 65 point something, we need to win the next four. The big question is, can we? Two league games at home, St Johnston in the Cup, and we've also got uh, Leverkusen as well. Uh, so away from home. I think we're capable. But, um, you know, even if it's a one nothing, I'll be happy. Yeah, I think we'll all take a result as long as we're in that cup final, which is where we want to be in December, which would really give the, the team a platform to kick on into the new year. And uh, it would get, you know, first trophy under the belt for Ange. And in terms of League Cup, it's a, a competition that, you know, the route, it's not easy, but it's accessible in terms of, you know, Celtic with what we've got. And if we get home ties, you're only three games away from the final, I think. So uh, there's no reason why not we can't be there. We've obviously, you know, faced a tough Hearts team in the first round of this competition when we entered it. Won very comfortably uh, off the back of the throwers, obviously, then this game. So there's no reason why we can't be in that final. We want to be in that final. And I think it'd be a real tribute if we can go on and, and win the, the cup for, for Rebirth. But um, to everybody that's joined us in the comments, thanks for joining us. We'll be back all week in the build up to St Johnston at Hamden on Saturday. I'm sure there'll be other tributes for Bertie coming in from all our contributors on Axon. But to everybody for watching this afternoon, to Lawrence and Paul for his uh, cameo appearance in the Tuesday Club, you're welcome anytime. Thank you for watching a Celtic statement. and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. 
But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.